time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. And it's not often that we start the show off the back of a 6-0 home win for the Dons. But that's what happened last night as Aberdeen brushed aside Faroese part-timers Runovic. Ryan Hedges grabbing a second-half hat-trick and he's already looking forward to the next round. Hopefully a home draw and hopefully some fans in here to, to watch it. But we'll take anyone and then we'll just keep keep looking forward and hopefully we can get to them, them group stages. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And yeah, last night, pretty much just what the doctor ordered. Absolutely. And you're always wary of any game. You know, the Faroese side came in on the back of 17 league appearances so far. A 5-1 win against Barrytown uh, the previous week. And for the first 20 minutes or so, they did very well. They, uh, Despite the fact that the UEFA team sheet had them playing with uh, three up front it was very much uh, the, the the lad Olsen on his own and uh, one of the ones that was uh, on the team sheet up front actually was part of a five man defence so difficult to break down but once we got the first goal and then got the second just before the interval it was only really going to be one winner and Ryan Hedges of course who we just heard from there came on at half time and scored a second half hat trick which is absolutely fantastic. He's a player that needs, he's a confidence player as is Scott Wright who was also excellent in fact on Red TV Billy Dodds chose Scott Wright as man of the match Mm -hmm. despite the fact Ryan got the hat trick but these two players are on fire just now, which is brilliant to see. Yeah, and Andrew, of course, we're still awaiting the outcome of the decision uh, from the the situation that we had over the last couple of weeks with the, the eight players and the, the coronavirus situation. But what is good from a Derek McInnes point of view is that he's got these players like Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges and they're performing. Absolutely. I mean, the the strength and depth of the squad is excellent at the moment. And the great thing is that they all know that they've got to be at the top of their game to be in the starting 11. Uh, just look at the bench. Uh, there's there's plenty of players ready, willing and able to come in. And there were players who weren't even stripped last night who could have come into, into a, a starting 11 without any bother at all. So, yeah, uh, things are looking good. Uh, it was a, a good, solid, professional performance last night. What I liked was the intensity never let up and the, the Faroese side were chasing shadows uh, for long periods in the game and Aberdeen scored some very good goals in amongst the six. OK, a couple of tap-ins, but the build-up play was good. Um, Ryan Hedges scored an excellent goal with his left foot. Well, he scored all three with his left foot, but the the middle one of the hat-trick was an excellent strike. I think we spoke last week about how he didn't hit the ball cleanly when he, he scored against St Johnston. Well, he certainly caught the one last night. Sweet as a nut, I think, was the way Billy Dodds described it. The goalkeeper had no chance with that. But even that was paled into insignificance almost by the hit from Johnny Hayes. Dave, I mean, that was something special, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, reminiscent of uh, Johnny's goal against Celtic a few years ago, which ended that uh, great long run for, for uh, the Hoops. And uh, no, I think Johnny was just determined, if, if Ryan can do that, I'm going to do something a bit better and it was really special for his first goal on his return to Pataudry. Yeah, and creating chances as well and creating space and yes, 
you are looking at the opposition, obviously, Dave. It's, it's a Faroese part-time side. You would expect, despite their 5-1 win uh, against um, Barry, uh, Barry Town, you would still expect the Dons to run at winners. But at the end of the day, you have to score against whoever's in front of you. Yeah, and if, if teams come to shut up shop, you still have to break them down. And to, to score six goals against anyone is uh, a, a fine achievement. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Aberdeen were expected to to win comfortably. But we've seen in the past so many stories of Scottish teams just failing when they, they were expected to run out comfortable winners. So it was just good to see that Aberdeen didn't become uh, that, an, another addition to that uh, list of shame. Yeah, there's a fairly big list let's face it uh, yeah and uh, Don's boss Derek McInnes well he's spoken today and he feels that last night's win was just the tonic for a turbulent time for his players he feels that enough is enough you know my players have been dragged through the mud kicked for pillar to post they've been fined by the club they've not been in a good place for a couple of weeks here but it's great to see them out there enjoying the game and uh, doing what they should be doing but there's no doubt my players have been punished enough in my eyes my players were guilty of naivety rather than them thinking they were above any rules or laws. The whole Scottish football took a check when they saw what my players were getting pulled up for and dealt with for. You know, every club in Scotland, I think, have not been squeaky clean. They've been punished, they've been fined to a high level of money as well. It's not just a slap in the wrist. My players have been punished. If people want to keep punishing my players, then so be it, we deal with it. And uh, we've had to face a lot of things in the last couple of weeks. So if there's any more punishment to come, we'll deal with it. Yeah, any more punishment to come, Andrew? And of course, we are waiting on that. Uh, it could, of course, happen during the show as well. We could find out what the further punishment is for the players. But I think he makes the point that, you know, we are we have moved on. They have certainly been under a lot of scrutiny over the last few weeks. They replied with the, the game last night and also with the game on Sunday as well. But getting the three points, a difficult game there too. And, uh, you know, what has been a very big week for the Dons so far, it's two for too. Yeah, um, it's it's all very positive what's happening on the field. Uh, we've got no control over what happens down in Glasgow. We've got no control over when the SFA are going to announce this. I'm, I've been refreshing my iPad for about the last two hours, waiting to see if there's, there's anything coming through. Nothing as yet. To be honest, I hope that they don't decide that they're going to treat the Aberdeen players as you know, scapegoats and, and try and pander to, to those who are demanding, you know, eight match bans and things like that. I think two matches is more than enough. As the manager said, you know, they've been fined heavily by the club. They know they did wrong. They've apologised for it. Let's just move on because by no means were they the only ones. They were the ones who were caught, but they're not the only ones who have broken the rules. And there's a degree of sympathy for them because... There's a lack of clarity about so many of, of the, the rules, but as professional sportsmen, they've got to be told what they can and can't do. They will most certainly know what they can and can't do now, and there's no way that you're going to see any repetition of, of this happening, uh, certainly from Aberdeen players, because uh, you know it'll be two strikes and you're out the door. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And of course, we're in a very different position, Dave, in terms of the players, because when the first time the St. Johnson game was going to happen and then didn't, you were looking at it and you're thinking, well, without eight first team players, suddenly it's a real problem. Not the same issue now, though. No, not the same issue. There's plenty of strength in, in depth. And also we do have some very good youngsters 
coming through and uh, an appearance on the bench would, wouldn't be the worst thing in terms of building their career and building their, their character to be part, part of that first team. So mm-hmm. we, certainly if no matter what, as the manager said there, you know, whatever they throw at us, we'll cope and we'll deal with it. Um, but, uh, you know, players like uh, Ojo, who missed mm-hmm. last night through suspension, he'll be available for the visit to Easter Road on Sunday. And you've got Craig Bryson coming back from injury longer term. You've got uh, Cosgrove and Devlin out. Curtis Main came back, scored the goal last night, although he couldn't really miss, could he? Uh, it was uh, even closer than Peter Van Vossen's missed all those years well, ago well there you go so, but, <laughs> could have uh, well no but it was closer yeah, so, well, fair uh, so no the strength and depth is great there's com- competition in every place and uh, although Joe Lewis's position as goalkeeper is assured in Thomas Cherney we've got a, a great backup there and t- young Tom Ritchie the third choice keeper is a, a lad with plenty of uh, promise as well yeah I mean uh, an easy night all in all for Joe Lewis Andrew but at the same time clean sheets they breed confidence they certainly do, and uh, you know, defensively we've been pretty solid this season. Only two goals conceded, and I, I do feel that, despite the fact that there's there's been a lot of chopping and changing in in the, the back division, Joe is very happy with what he has in front of him. He's got total trust in these players, and there's a strong spine through the Aberdeen side now. Joe Lewis is a dominating presence in the goal. You've got the likes of Ash Taylor, Tommy Hoban, Andrew Considine, Scott McKenna can play centre-back, all excellent players. Lewis Ferguson just goes from strength to strength. I mean, what a week it's been for Fergie. Scored uh, a penalty against Livingston on Sunday, gets selected for the Scotland Under-21 squad, celebrates his 21st birthday, and gets his third European goal on, on Thursday night. Uh, so everything is, is going really well for him. And then up top, uh, you, you've got players there with a bit of presence about them. Uh, Curtis Main, albeit he was only on for 45 minutes last night, it's another 45 minutes into his legs. So you, you can see that there is a, a strong spine there in that Aberdeen side. And I think we're, we're pretty well positioned to cover for the loss of players should suspensions kick in. Yeah, uh, and getting those goals, um, as we said, it's it's a, it's a pr- it's been a problem in the past for for in some games where it's been a bit of a str- you know it, it, the defense defensively it's been solid, but it's getting those goals when especially with a lack of strikers. Obviously, Kurt, Curtis Main getting a goal last night was important too, and it's good to see the goals being spread around. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Hedges as well as scoring four goals already this season he's also uh, contributed with assists and the the second goal against Livy last week uh, last weekend on Sunday the the move between Scott Wright and uh, Ryan Hedges was absolutely sublime and I don't think you'll see many better goals in terms of the build up to that goal and a great finish from young Scott as well and we keep saying he's been been out for the vast majority of last season but he's right back with a bang yeah and of course it means that the Dons go into the draw for the next round Andrew and it's going to be on uh, Monday the draw the next game will be on the 17th of September it's very weird to say the next game because it will just be one again it's a one-legged tie uh, Motherwell and Rangers will be in that draw as well uh, who could the Dons play and who, who would you like to see them draw? Uh, I would like to see them draw maybe Ballatown from Wales, <laughs> Coleraine from Northern <laughs> Ireland, although they knocked Maribor out. 
Svantul, Georgie from Moldova. But you look at some of the, the more recognisable sides, shall I say, in the unseeded pot, because Aberdeen Rangers and Motherwell will all be seeded. So there's no chance of them meeting AC Milan or Spurs, who all come into the competition at this stage. But you're looking at the uns- unseeded teams. Servette from Geneva side that we played in the European Cup all those years ago. Aris Thessaloniki and Heraklion from Greece uh, would be difficult games. Ventspils, we know about them. We've played against them in the past. Honved, another big name. And let's just remember who beat Celtic on Wednesday night. Ferenc Varos from Hungary. Hungary have, their league football has been in the doldrums. Their international team has been in the doldrums for many years. But Ferenc Varos were deserved winners against Celtic. Celtic maybe missed chances, but, um, you know, Ferenc Varus are, are a decent side. So don't underestimate Honved uh, either. So we maybe don't want to meet them in the the next round. Other sides, Gothenburg from Sweden. I'm sure fans would love it if we had a, an away trip there and they were able to travel to go to the Olevi once again. But there's, there's some recognisable names in amongst some that maybe you'd fancy from countries like Albania. But I think the important thing for Aberdeen is that they get a home draw. We do, really don't want to be travelling at, at this juncture uh, because a lot of these countries, you, you don't know, are you going to be able to go there? Or are you going to have to go and play them in neutral territory? Um, there's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes. There was a couple of games were called off last night because um, players had tested positive uh, for COVID. So it, it's it's still in the melting pot, really, the, this uh, Europa League. There's no guarantees that everything's going to run smoothly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For you, Dave, obviously, that draw on Monday, it will be interesting. It is very much, though, into the unknown, depending on, of course, whether it is a team that the Dons have a history of, of ever having played. Yeah, of course, we do want a home tie in the current circumstances and given that it's over, over one leg as opposed to two. But, yeah, it could be a, a team like Honved or Gothenburg with a, a proud, long history, or it could be a team that we're scrambling uh, onto the internet to find out anything about. Uh, so it, it's still, you know, second second qualifying stage. The, the aim is to get at long last through to the, the group stages. Still a long, long way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then, of course, there is another huge game for the Dons on Sunday. It has been a big week on the pitch. And we'll talk more about Aberdeen visiting Hibs on Sunday in just a minute. <laughs> to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Well, this is Red Friday on North Sound 1. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny uh, off the back of a Dons 6-0 win last night in uh, Apatodri against Runovic. And of course, it's a big game at the weekend as well, away to Hibs. And uh, let's get the reaction and thoughts of some fans uh, after last night's win and before Sunday's game as well. Starting with our fan reporter, Graham Watts. Yeah, Mike, I think it's always pleasing when your side gets six goals in the manner that they did. As soon as we got the goal, you know, the floodgates opened. So it was it was fairly straightforward for Aberdeen after that. But I think the pleasing thing from a fan's point of view, you know, was we got the goals. You know, there were some really good individual performances. I think you've got to mention Alexa Dylan McGeoch, who, who really controlled the game in the middle of that park. Scott Wright, who was very pleasing, you know, he's, he's, he gets the ball, he's got one thought, I'm going towards goal here. The, the fans love to see that. Matty Kennedy did the same, down the wing, get the ball in the box. 
and you know what you get from the likes of Johnny Hayes. He was really good as well last night. Yeah, absolutely fantastic result last night. It was great to see such attacking football by Aberdeen. I really, really hope they keep going with the attacking style of football, and I would love to see them going into the, the Hibs game on an attacking formation and just, just attack teams. I think it's definitely better just attacking teams all the way. The Hedges being able to score goals like he can do by the looks of things, if he keeps going and surely with Johnny Hayes supplying balls into the box, it's going to help the strikers as well. So definitely just keep keep attacking. Just attacking football all the way is definitely the best way to go. Looking forward to the Sunday game as well. It's going to be a tight one. It's going to be a close, close game, I think, because Hibs are in really good form at the moment. And I would... I'm saying from the heart I hope it's going to be an Aberdeen 2-1 but I think we're we're quite capable of doing this and if we attack Hibs I think we can I think we'll beat Hibs 2-1 Won't be an easy game you know you know what you get when you go Easter Road against Hibs uh, hopefully Aberdeen will go there and get the job done I'm thinking 2-1 Aberdeen for that one but you know it's given Derek a headache for the match who does he choose because he had a lot of good options last night but I wonder if he'll start with the back three again but, but you never know um, hopefully Aberdeen you know go and play in that same same style yeah it's always good to hear Andrew when the fans are happy because of a big result like last night but looking at Sunday's game there's a lot of talk and you can you can understand why the fans are talking about attacking football after last night but Hibs is a very different proposition and a team who also like to attack they do um, but last time we played down there when Hibs beat us 3-0 they, they actually played on the, us on the counter-attack uh, quite a lot and did it very well Martin Boyle scored a couple of goals and I think Camberry got the third one that day uh, so both sides like to counter-attack so it, it's it's maybe going to be a case of right who goes first uh, but uh, yeah th- there's a lot of good players uh, in good, decent form on both sides uh, Kevin Nisbet uh, assuming that he's recovered from injury, will be a, a thorn in the flesh for Aberdeen. Scott Allen is is always capable of unpicking defences and they seem to have tightened up a wee bit at the back, although I still have my doubts about Ophir Marciano in goal. I think he can be a weak link who can be preyed upon by Aberdeen. But I would agree with the, the punters there that um, you know attack is usually the best form of defence and as I mentioned, our defence is in pretty good shape just now, so have a go at Hibs and uh, I'm not going to be at the game, but Dave is going down to it, and I think you're going to be well entertained. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got to say that the attacking thing, you know, we're looking at it the way that Hibs play, and as Andrew said there, Dave, the counter, counter-attack football that they play, it does set it up to give Aberdeen opportunities to exploit them. Yeah, um, if you can keep Martin Boyle quiet at the at the other end but uh, we've got some very creative players irrespective of who is available mm. depending on the the outcome that we're waiting from from uh, from Hamden so it, it always is an entertaining game down at Easter Road and uh, we've got a reasonable record down there in recent times um, that 3-0 defeat apart last season and uh, yeah looking forward to it I think it'll be a very open game uh, two teams who really will be looking to take all three points. Neither, neither manager will want a, a draw. Yeah, uh, Andrew, Hibs, of course, have started well this season, but they have slightly dipped just in the last couple of weeks, just in terms of their creativity. They seem to have kind of lost that initial open attacking sort of football that they were playing, uh, you know, goals coming much more easily at the start of the season. Uh, we're not far in, but it, it does feel like they've maybe just hit a little bit of a wall, maybe a good time for the Dons to play them. 
Yeah, um, but they still have won four out of five and drawn the other one of, of their league games, so they can't be underestimated. But they maybe have shaded just slightly, and with Aberdeen, uh, as we've been mentioning, you know, having won three in the spin, uh, their confidence is up. Uh, so it's it's set fair for, for being a good advert for Scottish football. Having said that, uh, a lot of the televised games that we've had have not been great adverts and I'm sure Ian Crocker from Sky's uh, vocal cords haven't been stretched too much by shouting about goals because there have been precious few of them. Uh, but I, I think there will be goals in the game at Easter Road. It's, it's two sides who, who like to get the ball down, pass it around, play football the way you want to see football played and two managers who will definitely be looking for three points, not interested in a share of the spoils. Yeah, of course, Dave, it will be the last game of the weekend as well, which is always an interesting time to play because you know where things go if you get the win. And of course, with the Dons only having played three this season, it does give them an opportunity to really climb the league if they can get a result. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also the last game before the international break, the first of uh, the, the monthly international breaks. And uh, you always want to go into those breaks on the back of a positive result because otherwise it just festers over the fortnight until you get the chance to uh, play again. So a lot of incentives both for Hibs and Aberdeen to, to win on Sunday. Yeah, well, we'll look more at that. We'll also do Beat the Pundit, where one of the Dons fans takes on Dave McDermott to try and predict this weekend's Scottish Premiership games. <laughs> Now, every week, our pundit, Dave McDermott, goes up against a Dons fan in predicting the outcome of the Scottish Premiership Games over the course of the weekend. Last week, it was Stephen White who took on Dave. Uh, Andrew, how did Stephen get on? Absolutely gubbed him. 9-4, I think it was. Wow. So it's now 2-2 between Dave and the, oh. and the punter. So, Dave, come on, you're going to have to pull your socks up. The early season promises dissipating fast. Yeah, it peaked far too early, didn't it? <laughs> week one. Uh, form has dipped, but let's uh, find out how this week's uh, fan gets on against Dave. And this week, it's Don's fan, Callum Dunbar, and our fan reporter, Graham Watt, got his... Score predictions for this weekend. First of all, Kilmarnock versus Dundee United. Your score predictions for that one, Callum? One all. Livingston versus Ross County. Tough one, but I'm going to say two one Livingston. St Johnston versus St Mirren. Gonna go with one all again. Hamilton versus Rangers. Much as it pains me to say, it, I'm going to say four nil Rangers. And Celtic against Motherwell. I think Celtic will bounce back after a poor result in Motherwell will be tired after their game so I'm going to say 2-0 Selick Finally Hibernian versus Aberdeen Never an easy trip to Easter Road but I'm going to say we're going to come away with three points and say 2-1 the Dons No pressure but it is 2-2 so let's get your score predictions then Dave starting Kilmarnock Dundee United Yeah I'm going for a 1-1 share of the spoils at Rugby Park Livingston at home to Ross County Um no, I'm not. I'm reading. I'm reading Callum's. I'm going for a two-one Kilmarnock <laughs> victory. I was thinking that's very similar to Callum's. Yes, uh, Livingston at home to Ross County. One-one. Uh, uh, it's uh, Battle of the Saints St Johnson St Mirren. Uh, St Johnson to win by a single goal, one-zero. Rangers visit Hamilton. One-two. Celtic are at home to Motherwell. That's the three o'clock Sunday game. Yeah, as with Callum, I'm going for two-nil. And Hibs, of course, against the Dons. Well, I'm just going for a one-nil win for Aberdeen. Okay, so not the goals that Andrew that predicted. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, um, just looking at those games at the weekend, obviously the big one is Sunday at 4.30, but what other game catches your eye? 
Um, the Saturday games don't really fill you <laughs> full of anticipation of great football, do they? We but, had a conversation um, about that, didn't we? <laughs> not an awful lot there going on. Not but. really, but um, you know, Ross County and Dundee United have started the season well, uh, particularly away from home, so they'll fancy their chances at Kilmarnock and Livingston. Um, I think the Celtic-Motherwell game is, is the one that a lot of eyes will be on to see how Celtic bounce back after the disappointment uh, which will spoil our season both financially and reputationally uh, because of being knocked out so early in the Champions League qualifiers. Uh, Motherwell, they were under a lot of pressure last night. Make no mistake at all about that. Um, you know, they hadn't won a game for ages. They hadn't started the season well. They'd lost the Hamilton Ackes in the local derby last week. So that was a great result for them, particularly given the fact that probably their best player, David Turnbull, has gone to Celtic. Uh, so I think Motherwell will... will you know, they'll shake off any lethargy that there is um, after playing on Thursday night, uh, but they'll find Celtic a tough nut to crack. But for me, the, the game of the day, undoubtedly, or the game of the weekend is Hibs and Aberdeen. Um, there's there's nothing else in the card to touch it. Well, you're always looking up, of course, in the table, Dave, and uh, with the Don sitting in seventh with just the three games played, though, but with the six points. Uh, looking above, you've got the teams like St Mirren, Dundee United just ahead, and then Celtic on the same amount of games. You know, expect them to, to motor in terms of getting the points. But then you've got Ross County just ahead there, and then there's the jump to Hibs and Rangers. So it is really looking at those scores and just sort of seeing how things are sitting by the time we get to 4.30 on Sunday. Yeah, and, re- and realistically, Hibs are the target for us at the moment and uh, three points at Easter Road would make an awful difference to the look of that table and uh, as I say you know, uh, although it pains me to say it, you know, Celtic and probably Rangers were probably realistically playing for third place but that's certainly uh, more than attainable even though we're playing catch up from the word go. Uh, Celtic, just a quick mention of them, Dave, as well, because of course they had that uh, pretty shockingly bad result uh, in Europe in midweek. And again, you do feel that there are going to be big changes there in terms of the players. I mean, Neil Lennon's kind of come out and said it. Uh, sometimes he does say things like many managers do in the heat of the moment, but you feel that there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and there's stories that uh, Cham and Ayer are wanting away from Celtic uh, now, and there will be players, as uh, Neil Lennon himself said, that there's players that if they don't want to be here, then go. He would rather he wants players that want to play for him. So I, I think he'll get a reaction from the the team that he picks. But it's strange that you know they'd Ryan Christie up front. I mean, Ryan, brilliant player though he is, is not a natural striker and you know Champions League qualifier and you don't have a, an available striker but Andrew and I were discussing this it d- does seem very strange for a mm. club of Celtic size not to have a, a striker available Very odd and of course Charlie Christie was talking about um, Andrew Ryan Christie possibly uh, in the future being a, a Premiership in England a Premier League in Eng- England player um, which you've got to say when you hear all these things albeit they're said in conversation uh, they do add up to sort of Concerns that, from I guess, if you're a Celtic fan, not for us, but you concerns that there's a lot of unsettled players at the club. Yeah, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. Let's let's not decry uh, Charlie 
trying to, to fly a flag for his son. Uh, Ryan is an excellent player and in the fullness of time could go down south and be a star down there. Uh, but as you say, from a Celtic fan's point of view, that's not the sort of thing you want to hear. This is a huge season for Celtic, chasing this mythical 10 in a row you know that um, seems to be so important to them uh, that uh, you know all else can be put in the back burner there's there's punters are saying great we're out of Europe now we can concentrate 10 in a row that's far more important than even winning the Champions League Um, so I think all is not well quite clearly down the Celtic camp I mean if you're Patrick Klimala who joined Celtic when was it January if he's not fit why is he not fit? He's had plenty of time to get himself fit. And he's on the bench for a Champions League qualifier when they've got no recognised strikers ready. Why is he not being given a chance? Um, it's it's very strange. I, I'm not convinced that Neil Lennon is totally in control of everything down there. Maybe Peter Lawwell has a, an awful lot to say about uh, the, the recruitment policy. It seems to be that they think that they can unearth diamonds from anywhere, particularly abroad, and then sell them on for big bucks, a la Virgil van Dijk, um, Juan Yama, other players who, Kieran Tierney, um, who have gone south for big money. But for every one that they've had a success with, there's probably three or four that have been dismal failures. Mm. And, you know, they've lost out in a lot of money, um, by not qualifying for the Champions League group stages and when you've got a wage bill the size of Celtics you can't afford to do that year on year it's going to come back and bite you at some point Yeah, uh, well just on that and on the Dons season because you mentioned there Dave third is the realistic target you've got Rangers and Celtic there obviously the budgets uh, speak for themselves at those clubs uh, Andrew from a Don's fan's perspective, though, you don't want to be thinking about third as much as that is the realistic perspective. You've got to say, you look at Celtic and you look at those problems that they're having, you look at Rangers and the way that they fell apart last season, and you think, just keep winning. Just keep winning, stay within touching distance. Because if the Dons do that and they win their other games outside of the, the old firm teams, then there's every possibility that after Christmas they are still within points distance where it's conceivable that if one of those two clubs have a meltdown that there's a chance to pip them to second yeah, or first uh, uh, indeed I mean uh, you aim for the sky uh, there's no harm in doing that um, but I think that there's a lot of sides are very evenly matched in this Premier League and everyone is on their day capable of beating anybody Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, whoever uh, but if we can get we've got a good strong squad um, it's a settled looking squad if we can stay injury free and hopefully suspension free and play the type of football that these boys already this season have shown that they're capable of playing then you know there's there's a lot to be optimistic about down Pataudry Way uh, so it's going to be an interesting season because if Rangers and Celtic are so intent on this battle for 10 in a row or stopping 10 in a row they take their eye off the ball. You want to be in a position that you can go in there and maybe sneak slightly under the radar and, as you say, push for second, maybe even first. OK, question then, Dave. What is a good season for the Dons? What is the ultimate in, yeah, that's a that's a great result? A trophy and a return to Europe for the following season. OK, Andrew? Ditto. 
Yeah. Well, there we go. That's nice and easy. Um, yeah, so speaking of reaching for the stars, speaking of playing teams that maybe on paper you wouldn't think you would have a chance against, uh, we're going to hear from Josh Walker about a certain game in 2008 uh, in just a few minutes. Andrew, uh, you know which game we're talking about, don't you? I certainly do. I wasn't at it. I watched it on television. Oh, wow. um, okay. I was in a sabbatical from football <laughs> at that time. But, um, yeah, it was uh, one of those very, very special Pataudry European nights. And it's such a shame that, you know, last night we didn't have the fans there because they'd have loved it. Yeah. Uh, it's always special under the lights at Pataudry on a, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, whatever night it is that you play, European football always is the best live theatre you can get in Aberdeen. Yeah, and the Dons still in Europe, of course, that draw on Monday. We're going to hear from Josh Walker about that game in just a minute. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Huge game for the Dons on Sunday. It's 4.30. It's at Easter Road. It's Hibs against Aberdeen. Now, 12 years ago, the Dons had one of their most famous home European ties in recent history when German giants Bayern Munich came to town. You know, the atmosphere in the city, really, from the weekend building up to the game was massive. Probably at the time, something that you take for granted. It wasn't until I actually got to the the ground when it really started to kick in you could just really really feel the atmosphere the whole of Scotland really was was on our side which was which was great you know but I just remember coming out the tunnel and you literally couldn't see the fans there was just that much smoke and stuff in the in the ground that's when the hairs on the back of my neck started to stand up and you look around you and who you you've got walking alongside you walking alongside Schweinsteiger and Luca Tony and closer Z Roberto, Lucio, I mean, you just keep reeling them off these names and uh, it was massive, you know, and that's when you, that's when it really kicked into me. I thought, right, you've got to be on your game tonight. We played some good stuff and then just obviously the goal uh, to send us 1-0 up. I remember it all, really. I remember Sevi taking a free kick around the halfway line, clipping it in. I think it was Xander. Xander won a header. Lee maybe got a little flick on as well. Then Shawnee, um, a little bit of fast feet in the box and then I seen... He was coming outside the box and I thought, he kind of turned and shoot here and I just came, he, I just remember screaming at him to lay it off and he, and he did perfectly. And, uh, bent it round into the bottom corner and from that moment it was like phew, delirium, you know, it was wow. Just couldn't couldn't contain the, uh, the excitement, you know. And one of them nights that none of us will forget by that I'm saying players, fans, management staff. Yeah, it was a great goal um, but it was a fantastic team performance and probably one of the best footballing nights of all our careers, really. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Josh Walker there talking about Aberdeen against Bayern Munich in 2008, Dave, uh, the 2-2 draw. And uh, yeah, just great to hear about such a big European tie. Yeah, I was doing commentary for North Sound that night and it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the one thing I would take issue is that the whole of Scotland was behind Aberdeen. <laughs> I, that, I think there that. were a few exceptions. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was just the, the atmosphere was something else. And uh, Bayern uh, beforehand, when they went, sent a team over to look at the facilities, when they saw our press room at Pataudry 
they decided to hold their pre-match press in their hotel, which was the, <laughs> the old three tops up in Springfield Road because yeah. it needed a far, far... For the amount of journalists that were going to be attending that, yeah. there's just no way we could have coped in our, in our press room at Pataudry. So, And it was Schweinsteiger who was put up by Bayern for that game because I, I remember being at the press conference, but it was just some night. And just typical of the, the European nights that we've had at, at Pataudry, just, mm-hmm. you know, they've been... Uh, memorable for all the right reasons in certain cases and that was one of them Yeah, last night Andrew was also memorable but missing the fans Now we know that uh, we've heard the Joint Response Group have said that there's going to be three uh, or up to three pilot events taking place with spectators in the Premiership on the weekend of September the 12th so those European nights it's not going to be the same but if the Dons can keep this run up then perhaps further down the line uh, we might see some fans in the stadium for a game in Europe this season? Well, the, the 17th of September is the date for qualifying round two. And then if you get into the next round, it's the following Thursday, into the playoffs, it's the Thursday after that. So hopefully these test events will prove that uh, football fans can be trusted to go into a ground, act properly when they're in there, uh, keep their social distance etc etc and then get themselves away safely there's the big test event down at Murrayfield tonight okay 700 fans in a 67,000 seater stadium you would think you can certainly keep everyone well apart <laughs> you hope so um, but uh, looking at, at the card that weekend Rangers against Dundee United that's being touted as one of the, the possible events Ross County against Celtic we play against Kilmarnock at Pataudry and I'm quite sure that our board and everyone involved at the club will be pushing to try and get Pataudry as a venue for the third of these test events that Joe Fitzpatrick has said are a possibility. He hasn't said they're definite. He says they're a possibility for the 12th of September. But yeah. that is in line with uh, the First Minister saying that uh, their aim is that after the 14th of September there will be reduced crowds allowed back into games and that's a positive step forward because although you know it was most enjoyable to watch the game last night the fact that there were no fans there just took the edge off it a little bit and you do wonder whether in years to come will Ryan Hedges for example talk with the same enthusiasm about his hat trick as Josh Walker spoke there about the Bayern game I, th- I thought that was a wonderful piece from Josh he, he just encapsulated the the buzz, the adrenaline rush that goes through everyone when European football hits Pataudry Yeah and a big thanks to our fan reporter Graham Watt as well for uh, getting that uh, chat there with Josh and I think that you know it is it, it is a positive step isn't it Dave to see that we have the potential that we might see some fans back in the stadiums uh, albeit at much reduced numbers and of course it is a weekly change it's a daily changing landscape at the moment it is but there's no doubt you ask anybody that that, uh, football needs the supporters the supporters need their football and uh, uh, games without fans are still I've been at a few now but they're still a very surreal experience so the sooner we can get back the better and get rid of this horrible disease uh, one Aberdonian that is on the move today is Rachel Corsi, who's made a move, Dave. Yes, uh, on loan to uh, Birmingham City Ladies, and uh, I think Andrew and I both uh, uh, wish Rachel's been a, a guest of ours co-commentating on Red TV before, and Andrew, a good move for her back into the country. Yeah, absolutely. She's played in the... the um 
game down south uh, for Notts County before, so uh, a chance for her to, to to get football this side of the pond. She's, she's quite a, a global traveller in terms of her, her football career, isn't she? She's played in the States, she's played in Australia, she's played in England, played in for Glasgow City, obviously in Scotland, but um, yeah, very best wishes to Rachel and we hope that she enjoys a great deal of success at Birmingham. Uh, yeah, so Sunday then, it is the big one for the Dons, it's Hibs and of course Hibs, as we mentioned Dave, with that, that strong start to the season but the Dons you know albeit uh, it's taken a while to get going really uh, if you forget about that first game this season we won't talk about that but after that it's um, it's actually it's been pretty consistent in terms of the performances in the last sort of week or two yeah the Rangers game as you say we'll, we'll just gloss over that but St Johnson wasn't pretty to watch but what they did show was character and resilience to get the result and then second half Livingston a hard first half but we expected that they're, mm. they're going to try and uh, snuff out teams uh, when they're on the road but uh, the second half, two good goals, a bit of a soft goal that we lost. And then last night, albeit the opposition was not the best, but uh, six goals uh, in any game is going to give the confidence a boost. And uh, yeah. we mentioned at the top of the, 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 the show that Scott Wright, Ryan Hedges are players that are confident confidence players and both of them are right highest kites right now, which is brilliant. And Andrew, it is maybe the first time outside of that Rangers game that the Dons play a slightly different team in terms of the way they set up because you look at the last couple of league games and you're playing teams that are there to sort of really get men behind the ball and, and try and sort of uh, eke out some sort of opportunity whereas with Hibs you feel it's going to be a different game Yeah you think it's going to be open attacking football from hopefully both sides uh, it's interesting how the, the games have progressed to me at any rate in a similar fashion to how they did down south you could write off the first half of so many games down south because it was almost like a training exercise and then the real stuff kicked in the second half now we've seen you know, the latter part of the St Johnston game was quite good uh, the second half of Livingston was was good. From half an hour onwards last night, it was good. So hopefully, come Sunday, uh, maybe the first quarter of an hour won't be brilliant, but the next 75 minutes will be yeah. worth watching. Well, that would be good. Uh, very, very quick prediction, Andrew. 2-1 uh, the Dons. Yeah, what did you say again? Dave? I said 1-0 Aberdeen, but I'll be delighted with an Aberdeen win, any win. Yeah, well, I uh, I think I went 2-1 as well in our own uh, our own predictor that we do before the, the show. Uh, right then, so we're back in two weeks' time. Of course, it's the international break next weekend, Dave, so we won't be here. Yep, so we're back in a fortnight ahead of the Kilmarnock game and all the best to Scotland uh, next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, full card in the Scottish Premiership, but the game that we are all keeping an eye out on, uh, the one that we're all interested on, it's uh, in Interested in even it's Sunday, it's Hibs Aberdeen 4.30 kickoff. It's time to talk football, it's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. 